I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, Crisis Negotiator from WhatCopsWatch.com. And you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Becoming a cop, especially today, isn't easy. Learning how to become one, even more difficult. I'm Officer Tommy Model, and I've been a cop for a decade plus. Grab a warm cup of coffee, open your mind, and take in my free field training. Alright folks, today we're going to talk about police oral interview boards. Uh, I got a lot of comments uh, lately, especially after my recent Patreon post about, hey, give me ideas of stuff you guys want to see, asking about passing the oral board for police jobs. And the first thing that I'm going to bring up, and the thing that comes up the most on oral boards, everyone I've ever taken and seen, they all ask about the same thing, stress and how you deal with it. Now, there's two questions that come up most with this. One is, name a stressful time in your life or name a stressful circumstance and how you dealt with it. And two is, how do you deal with stress in your life? So it helps when you're coming to that oral interview board to have pre-canned answers or at least a good idea of what you're going to say in mind before you get to it. Now, I can't tell you how to answer the question because how people deal with stress is different for everyone. And realistically, the interview board just wants to be able to tell this person's dealt with stress in their life, obviously, and that they're comfortable dealing with stress in their life. They want to make sure that you're not coming from a background where you've never had a stressful circumstance and then you're going to get into law enforcement where you're going to be put into a bunch of stressful circumstances. And in the long term, they want to make sure that you can deal with the stress of the job, the day-to-day stress for the job that you're going to get, that you're not going to have that... A situation where you're getting into a stressful situation, a stressful situation, a stressful situation, it's building and building and building and suddenly you blow up on somebody. They want to make sure that you have systems in place for yourself already for dealing with stress in your life and that they're healthy systems. They want to make sure that you're not going to come in and say, oh, well, I just drink a lot. They want to make sure that you have something healthy that you're doing to deal with the stress in your life so that when you have stress in law enforcement, you're going to deal with it in a healthy way. Uh, Sometimes there's going to be variations on it. They're going to ask, name a stressful circumstance or tell us about a stressful circumstance in your life that you had to deal with when you were under a time crunch. They want to see if if you have any experience dealing with stressful circumstances when you don't have all the time in the world to look the answer. A lot of people deal well with long-term stress with, you know, well, I've got this thing, it's due in three weeks, but they don't deal well with short-term stress. Like, what do I do right now? left or right, left or right, left or right. They want to make sure that you've done things like that in your life before and you have experience with it and that even more than that, that you can articulate yourself well. Because when it comes down to it on that oral board interview, they're looking at what kind of person is this? Can they think on their feet? Which is why they're asking you the questions. And can they articulate themselves well, orally? And that's the whole idea of the oral interview process. This, I'm sure, will be the first in a long series of live stream videos about the oral interview process. And this is the one that comes up all the time. Every time, they're going to ask you about stress in your life. So it's good to think about things in advance. How do I deal with stress? And what are some stressful circumstances I've had in my life in the past that I can bring to this interview and explain to them where they're going to say, oh, this person's dealt with stressful stuff and they have solutions in mind of how to deal with them. All right, so we're going to go to the top. I know it's only three minutes in, but hey, we're going we're gonna to chunk this down so that I don't screw it up 
and so that I can I can do question by question for people. Maybe we'll make a separate live stream playlist of how to pass the police oral interview boards. We're gonna go to the top. We're gonna answer some questions here. Uh, Penny Cruiser says first one. All right, you're the first one. Hello, cool. Hello, hello. Hey, Tommy. Hello, middle military policeman five five six. Hey, Sarge. I am not the Sarge. <laughs> not anywhere. Happy New Year. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing better. The last that we had spoken in my uh, my little video. Uh, cops Christmas had a couple family members pass away. We're just finally getting done dealing with that. And right after I did that, the sewer backed up in my house, and I went outside and pulled the cover off the standpipe, and it was frozen solid. So that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. But it's over now. It's after the new year, and we're looking at what, what new videos we're going to do, and what new formats I'm going to do, and getting some new cooler products in for you guys to take a look at. I've got some stuff that's backlogged, talking about my finding a new duty light thing, and maybe doing, uh, I'm going to do my duty belt and my vest, and how I'm setting up my uniform now, because a bunch of stuff's changing at work, and I think it'd be interesting for you guys to see, like, real honest wear on this stuff, and the difference between real honest wear to police equipment, and, like, what you see on Instagram with people that are just getting stuff in and showing you, look how great this is, and throwing it away and never using it. So that should be fun. Uh, Mike Wilkerson says, yay for planning default answers. Good advice no matter what kind of test you're taking. I found that a lot of jobs, they ask about stress. If stress is involved at all with a job, a lot of interviews, they say, hey, tell us about a stressful time in your life. So it's good to have that in advance, especially if you don't have a lot of experience doing interviews anywhere. Know that that's probably something that's going to come up. Good morning, happy new year. Good morning, high speed. Good morning, happy new year, Noah. Mike Wilkerson says, how invasive are they able to get when it comes to drinking or eating or other habits in general? I don't understand really how invasive are they in the interview. They don't really ask about that very much. It's not, it hasn't been my experience. But again, I haven't interviewed for a police department in over a decade. The jobs that I'm getting now, it's because people are coming to me asking me to do stuff. Not because I, I go interview for the job. Randall says, I failed my first oral interview. Lots of people do. <laughs> I did. Don't give up if you fail. Mine was scenario questions, and I had zero police experience at the time. We're going to get onto that. There's a lot of other questions sections that they can do. Sometimes they'll be like, if you came across yada, 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 what would you do? And they're trying to see what type of person you are. And if you're stammering, don't have any ideas, it doesn't look good. Mike Wilkerson says, are you aware of anyone that's been kicked because they simply don't talk, can't talk, articulate well? It's the, the problem is with the oral interview boards is that it's subjective. This probably would have been a good first video to do. But oral interview boards are subjective. So even if you have five people on the oral interview board, if you're up there going, oh, well, um, uh, I, uh, 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 looking down, and, uh, that doesn't look good to anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. So even if it's a subjective assessment of five people on a standardized list of questions, and they do the whole rotating thing if you've got a group board, or they go through the same questions for each individual, it's still a subjective response. And so if you don't look, if you don't sound smart, people are going to think you're smart. But that's that's everything in life. Chris says, just be honest, confident, and use customs and courtesy. Oh, and tell them everything on your app and background. Yeah, don't lie on the application. But there's stuff that comes up all the time, and we all know the stuff that comes up all the time. Scott says, just got hired as a cadet in Maryland, know the agency's core values, and relax. Relaxing is a big part of it with the oral board. You're, you're there having a conversation with people. You have to realize, it's just like picking up women, right? 
you're a guy and you've been to a bar, you've been anywhere picking up women, right? You're going to be like, well, if I don't go talk to her, she's not coming home to me now. So I might as well just talk. And that's kind of what you have to do with the oral board. You know, like, I don't have this job now. If I don't say anything, I can't say anything smart and I can't get this job. So go out and say stuff. Just answer their questions. Matt says, been through two oral boards and they themselves are stressful alone. They are built that way to see how you can think under pressure. Some of it is they, they want to put you on the spot, but a lot of it is they just want to see if you can talk. <laughs> they just want to see if you are a thinking person. Eddie Leal says, 20 years in the military, half of that time in a leadership position, two wartime deployments, and most of all, 22 years married. Next question. <laughs> see, but you're coming from a situation where you have a lot of life experience. Now, if you go over to the videos um, about police education requirements and stuff where I say, you know, if you're the goofy college kid, yada, 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 you look down in the comment section about the people that get upset that I see you're a goofy college kid. Dude, you've never had anything stressful happen to you in your whole life. It's going to be hard for you to get a police job. It's going to be hard for you to, to get into the, the whole concept of being the police because you, you, you're learning how to do stressful things like, oh, I've got papers due. That's not stress. You think that's stress now. That's not stress. Do this done 22 years in the military, yeah, the stress questions are easy for you, but for a lot of these guys that are coming in 22, 23 years old with a bachelor's degree that have never done anything stressful in their entire life, they never had a full-time job, talking about how you've dealt with the stressful situation gets a little harder. It's not easy for them to pick it right off the top of their head. You know, if I went to a job interview now, you're like, tell us about a stressful time in your life, I'd be like, well, three days ago, there was this guy who was drunk in a car with it in gear, <laughs> passed out with his foot on the gas and the brake, you know, like that... It's every day for me, but for and for you, Eddie, but for a lot of people, it's just not. And they got to think about it in advance. Mike Overson says, what impact does your physical look have on that day? Is it just a go-in, in-uniform thing, or is it, a, is it something that you jack it up for? You're going to wear a suit. If you're smart, you're going to wear a suit to this. An oral interview for a police department, if you're smart, you're going to wear a suit. I can't say that, that I've noticed that, that I have any like, solid numbers on it. But I have never seen someone for the second process that came in that didn't have, like, real professional clothing on. Some people get away with the shirt and the tie thing. You can pull it off. But if you're smart, you're going to wear a suit. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Go get a suit and wear it. Because it's, like, you want to look dressed the way you would expect a lawyer to dress going to court. And, and not the public defenders who come in in white gym shoes and a pink shirt with, you know, black stretchy pants on. And say, well, it's it's black pants. They don't have pockets. They're these are dress pants. No, come in looking like a lawyer that you would want to pay to represent you in court. That's how you need to come to the oral interview. Because if you don't, again, it's subjective. It's very hard for people to say we're not going to hire that person because they wore a nice suit. Mike Wilkerson says your patch looks enormous. Is it because you're so small, or is it just a larger patch? I have a new jacket with hook and loop, but I think it might not be able to accommodate it. Uh, it's it's pretty big because it's. Model off of the shoulder patch. It's modeled off a full-size shoulder patch, right? So there it is up against my hand. And here is the three-inch round department patch that I took off of here to put this on for the video. So this is three inches round, and that's the size. So it's a pretty big patch. I didn't skimp out on the size. It doesn't make any sense to skimp out on the size. I mean, half of this is that it's an advertisement, right? And the other half is it's a cool patch that people can put up on a patch wall or on a jacket or something, right? So make it big. It didn't cost a whole lot more to make them big, but it, it is pretty large. I think this is, it's four and a half inches long and a little over four inches wide. It's a pretty big patch. 
you get your money's worth out of it. They're ten dollars with shipping anywhere in the U.S. So. Godfather1313 says, what do you think about Homeland Security degrees? I don't think about them because it's not a real thing. That's not a real degree program. That's not a real field that people go into. I don't know anyone who works for the Department of State or who's a cop or, or anything that has a Homeland Security degree. That's some stuff that colleges made up to sell you a degree program. It's just like forensic science associates degrees. Homeland Security is not a degree program. It's an agency <laughs> that does a job. And they I don't know I, I don't know of any of them that, that say we want you to have a homeland security degree. Uh, agencies that work homeland security are normally looking for people uh, with STEM fields or are psychiatrists to work or you know foreign languages to work homeland security. It's not I don't even know what a homeland security degree is. It sounds like a joke. That's not a real thing. That's just taking a buzzword and making it a degree program to sell you degree programs. And be careful about the schools that do that. We had a school here that got shut down. I think it's ITT Tech was giving out bachelor's degrees, and they, were, they weren't accredited. They got shut down. And they were telling people they were accredited. Like, they were just bold-faced lying to people about these programs. They had a criminal justice degree program that wasn't worth the powder to blow it to hell. K9 Bandit 12 says, glad to see you doing this video. I've been working on what I should say in the interview. Should have an interview in a month with the detention deputy position. It's it's all about the same stuff. And we're, we're going to have more of these. I think this is going to be a regular thing for the live stream. We're going to talk about the oral interview process. People have been asking about it. And it's something easy for me to talk about. I don't even need to prepare. I just sit in my car and I'm like, bloop, let's talk. Happy New Year. What's the hardest part about hiring process to become a police officer trooper? Finding a place that's going to fit with you and that wants you. Because you can only be you, especially in the oral interview, right? You can only be you, so you've got to find an agency that's looking for what you're offering. Stefan says, love your channel, Tommy. I listen to your live feeds like podcasts on my way to work. I'm glad you like them. Eric says, hardest yet easiest question ever. Why do you want to be a police officer? That always gets me in the two psychological rivals I've been in. Psychological exams, I'm guessing he says I've been in. Yeah, sometimes it's just, you got you to tell the truth, right? Why do you want to be a police officer? Uh, Christopher asked, do you recommend going into the military to get more experience? I would have four years of college completed, but no real-world experience. Well, no, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a super exciting real-world experience job, but you have to have a real job that's age-appropriate. If you're 17, working at McDonald's is age-appropriate, part-time. If you're 23, working at McDonald's can be age-appropriate if you're the manager. But you need to get real-world experience doing something. If you're not going to get a job, then you need to start doing volunteer work with big organizations that sound impressive on a resume. Like my one cousin, or great cousin, or whatever, she's going to school full-time, four-year university, but she's going to like a really prestigious university, right? So she volunteers at animal shelters. So she's like the shift lead for the animal shelter, and it's a volunteer job, but when she puts down, I forget which one it's like, when she puts down that she works for... ASPCA or something. It's a big organization that people recognize. And then they call them and they're like, yeah, this is the regional manager for yada, yada, yada. Yeah, she works for us. Yeah, she does a good job and, and we're glad to have her. And that's real world job experience that people can check in on. And then you can apply that type of thing to other stuff. When's the last time you had a, what, what was a stressful experience that you had there? Well, we, we got these two pit bulls in and they were fighting and we had to think to close the cage between them and yada, yada, yada. Like stressful things happen when you get a real job. Ethan says, does the good cop, bad cop attitude I have seen in the board interview to try to get you to second guess your answers or might be a motive? I don't want to work for places that play games like that. So if, if you're going to a place and they're playing games, 
one person saying, oh, name a stressful circumstance in your life, and you tell them about something stressful, you know, my grandmother died, and I had to hold my family together, yada, 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 and my dad wanted to drive home drunk, and I had to fight with him to get the keys, but I didn't want to get locked up, so we ended up calling the police, I had to talk to the cop, blah, 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 and they go, well, why would you deal with it on your own? I don't even want to work for you. I don't even want to work for you. You go to an oral board with, with, some, with a group of people that's going to be an agency that's going to be professional about stuff, and they're going to ask you the questions, they're going to listen to your questions, they're going to take down the answers, and then you're going to move on. I don't even want to work for a place that's going to play those types of games. And that's one of those things that we talk about all the time, like, find an agency that fits you. For me, if you're lying to your prospective employee at the interview, or you're playing games, if you're playing those types of games at the interview, how can I expect you to act toward me once I'm your employee? Once you've got me, and, and I'm dependent upon the money that you're, bring, you're going to give me for my livelihood, how do I know my check isn't going to bounce if you're going to play those games during the oral interview? I'll be right back to provide more free field training in a minute. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. What comes to mind when you hear the word horror? Is it a book you read in the dead of night that creeped you out? Is it the memories of the monsters you were sure lived under your bed? Is it a film filled with blood and gore, all thanks to a crazed killer? Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we ask the really terrifying question, What scares you? Only on Two Guys Talking Horror. TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com That's TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com Everyone, welcome back to the Free Field Training Podcast. Mike Wilkerson says, baby, it's cold outside. What key piece of kit do you think really has an impact on your overall experience as a cop in what will always have a cold stretch? Key piece of kit is a hat. This is my favorite one. It's not uniform, but I wear it under my uniform hat because we have to have a hat that's got police written across the front in white. These are by Columbia. 
You got this metal mesh stuff on the inside. As a single layer, it does all right, but you put this under something, and they're fantastic. They're not very stylish. Kind of looks like a do-rag. But I take this and put it on, and it's, it's insulative, and then I put my watch cap with police across the front on the front of it. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you've seen pictures of me with it on. And that, that keeps you warm. Cortland Hardy says, hey, Happy New Year's. I was wondering now, how could I prepare for basic law enforcement training? I plan to be in BLET as soon as I can. Get in shape, because the more in shape you are, the less you have to worry about the physical things that you're going to do, and the more you're going to be able to worry about the academic things you want to do. You don't want to be worrying about whether you can do something. You need to be worrying about knowing how to do it. So get yourself in as good a physical shape as possible. That's the easiest way to get ready. P-Rod says, what kind of questions do they ask you on the polygraph exam? That depends on the polygrapher and your background. We'll talk more about the polygraph in the future. The military Policeman 556 says, hey, Tommy, we talked last night. We probably did. You wouldn't believe the number of people that private message me, and I love getting private messages from people. So please, message me in the future. Matt says, in psychological tests, do they ask about alcohol and drug use? Again, it's dependent on the department and the person that's giving the test that's normally farmed out to a psychiatrist. Piotr, Piotr, I know I'm, I'm butchering that. He says, hey, Tommy Green's from Poland. Just an hour till my night shift starts. Hey, good luck, man. I hope it's not cold there like it is here. Mike Wilkerson says, are the interviews taken off in, in a captain's office or in a conference room? Around here, we have uh, boards of fire and police commissioners, and normally they'll just be in some conference room at a, at a public building. Uh, high speed, low drag <laughs> says, from my experience, they will cross-reference your face-to-face answers with your personal history state, uh, statement. Honesty is truly a huge attribute. That's true. You won't want to tell them that you had a job you never had. <laughs> you didn't put it on your application. Mike Wilkerson says, interesting that you'd mentioned that this can happen in a group. It's an interesting dynamic. That peer stress moment is an interesting play. Well, in a group, what they'll do is they'll line up five people, and they'll ask the first question to the first person, and then have everybody answer. And the, sec- the second question to the second person, have everybody answer, come around to the first person, and they, they work it around in a circle so there's no advantage. I don't really like- I'd rather have his face-to-face with a board of people. I think that's a more honest way of doing it, but a lot of places do it as, as a group. Toronto was frozen for the new year. I'm sure it was. What country are you in? Muhammad Vlogs. I am in the United States. Specifically, I am in the southern part of Cook County, Illinois. Uh, Mary says, who are the ones that ask the questions? Is it the chief or the LT of police officers? Well, it, it depends on where you're at. Some places will have a board of people that you talk to, and in there will be command staff people. Other places have a civilian review board, you know, the Board of Fire and Police Commissioners that do it. So it's going to depend on the agency and the laws and rules that govern how they hire people. But everywhere I've ever seen has an oral review board where you're going to have three or four people who do an interview. Unless you're talking a really small place where you might just sit down with the chief and have an interview the same way you would if you were getting a job with a small company. Stefan Angulo says, off-topic question, I'm about to add a new pistol to my collection. If you had $700 to blow, what would you get? Not looking for a suggestion, just thought it would be fun to ask. Uh, Right now, if I had $700 to blow, I would probably get a new uh, SIG P320. buddy of mine has them. It looks really fun. My brother's got one. He really likes it. Apparently, they disassemble fairly easily, and the drop test things have worked out all right. I guess they fixed that problem. I don't know what caliber I'd get right yet. Thinking about maybe 9mm, depending on how, because i got to do some ballistics testing with the new 9mm ammo the department's issuing, uh, or possibly 45 just to piss the internet off. Mike Olgerson says, 
Do new officers look at the oral board as a gauntlet? Are they afraid of it? Do you feel your propensity to speak and think on your feet has benefited you in previous boards? It probably has. I, it's my chattiness has probably helped me on oral boards. Some people are really afraid of them because they're afraid of public speaking. Some people, it's like, all right, I'm going in for an interview. Who cares? Chris says most patrol deputy positions applied for are asked to do corrections first. Some places that's a thing. Some places it's not. Eddie Leal says best to overdress and underdress, correct? I wouldn't come in wearing a tuxedo, but yes. Michael Wilson says, how many I am Tommy, the police officer business cards, do you carry on your person? I don't. We don't get business cards where I'm at. Because people would write like notes on the back of business card, like this is my wife, please don't let her, please don't give her a ticket, or this is my buddy, don't give him a ticket. So we don't, we don't have them here. We don't have business cards. kind of wish I did. It'd be very helpful for work. We have FI cards which has a department name on it and then an area for the incident number, my name and star number and stuff, and then we can put notes on that, but it's not a business card. Funny thing about Matt, my wife actually has a hard time when we go like out of state. She's like, my, my husband's a police officer, and they'll be like, oh, do you have one of his business cards? He's like, a business card? Why would you give cops business cards? Because here it's not really a thing. And uh, she actually has to keep like my academy picture in her wallet with a picture of her and me so they'll believe that I'm a cop. I guess now she could just be like, well, you can look up his channel. <laughs> Eddie says, civilian sector not so different in regards to interview pro appearance. Yeah. Uh, high speed, low drag says, I like the patch, and it would be a great addition to my collection. How do I purchase one? Uh, freefieldtraining.com, and there's a merch section. I'll put a link in the description when I'm done streaming, but it's up there. Mike says, who are the people conducting interviews? Again, that, that depends on where you're at. Michael Johnson says, I've heard that getting... Your psychology degree is better than getting criminology degree if you're trying to become an FBI agent. I've never been an FBI agent, but both of those sound like a terrible idea. I don't see how a psychology degree would help you. I also don't see how a criminology degree might help you. I think you should probably get a job that shows that you have a, a degree that shows you have some experience and knowledge on topics outside of stuff that they're going to teach you at the academy and outside of the, the fuzzy sciences. How, how does a psychology degree help you be an FBI agent? Or a criminology degree? I have yet to hear any good discuss, like, good explanation of how that helps. Somebody has told me that the DEA requires that you have a criminal justice degree. That's the only place that I've found. So unless where you're applying requires those things, get something else. The Streamlighter says, what do you do about the question you have a man armed with a knife running away from you going toward a crowded mall? A guy is, of course, a track star and taser suck. I don't know what that means. He goes on to say, can an officer legally shoot someone in the back? In certain circumstances. In certain circumstances, a, a police officer can't shoot at someone in the back who's running away. Those have to be pretty extenuating circumstances, though. You would have to be able to reasonably articulate both to your command staff and a judge and a jury and the whole world that that person was a very imminent threat to other people that they are running toward. So i give you a circumstance. Get a guy... There's a gunfight, dude's running away with a gun in hand. How, how else are you going to apprehend him? Now, he just shot at a bunch of people. How else are you going to apprehend that person without shooting him in the back? Now, is that something we want to do? No, but we don't want to be in gunfights in the first place. Some guy with a knife swinging it around, and then he's trying to get into a school. He's running the front doors of a school. Could you justify that? Yeah. Do you want to do that? No. 
And the circumstances like that do exist. There aren't hard and fast rules. As much as people like to think otherwise, there are not hard and fast rules about police use of force. There just aren't. And the rules that are made up are broken all the time, perfectly legally. Because you cannot make, the Supreme Court has come down repeatedly and said that you cannot make a flow chart. You cannot make hard and fast rules about police use of force. They have reasonableness tests that they've come down with on numerous court cases, but they've also come down, they'll give those reasonableness tests and they'll say, we may have to adjust this in the future because new circumstances can happen all the time. Like, no one would ever expect that a dude would use an alligator as a weapon. They can't account for everything that someone might do that might reasonably necessitate police use of force. But it comes down to necessitate. Using deadly force is a necessity. And that's what you have to look at when you think about the, the use of force issues with the police departments is that, and with individual officers is that it comes down to, is it necessary to do this? If it's not necessary to do it, you don't do it. Just that simple. It has nothing to do with what angle you shoot from and what caliber you use and all of that. All of that is immaterial when it goes before the court of law. What it comes down to is, was it necessary to, to take this person's life to stop them? <laughs> Eddie Leal says, I was attending ITC Tech here in Tampa. They were shut down in 2016, now attending Southern Technical College. Not sure, sure they're different, are different now. I have one year left for my IT degree. Good luck. Noah says, if they try to play games with you at the interview and make you second guess it, how would you let them know that you don't want to be involved in a department that does that? Well, honesty really is the best policy in that one, right? Like, these are big kid rules, right? I think this is going to be the last question. These are big kid rules. If you go into an interview, if I go into an interview and they say, well, how do you deal with stress? And I tell them, well, I exercise a lot. I like to lift weights because that's what I'm good at. That's what I can do. I like to lift weights. And if, if somebody goes, well, you should do more cardio. Why don't you do more cardio? Like, well, it's not, it's not what I can do. You know, it's not what I'm good at. It's not what I enjoy. And if I don't enjoy it, it won't reduce my stress. Well, why would, why don't you enjoy it? You're like, okay, listen, I'm here looking for a job. And it's as much as you're saying you want to have a reasonable, responsible adults to work for you. I only want to work with reasonable, responsible adults. And so I think this interview is over and then I would get up and walk out. Don't say anything mean. Don't tell them to F off or any of that. But if you're not going to be reasonable and responsible during the interview process, I can only assume that you're going to stick it to me later on down the road and that this is how you treat your employees. And if they, if the other people on the board want to ask, like, well, if this is how you speak to me during the interview process, how can I expect them to be spoken with, with and to when I'm your employee? The, the people that are on that board are the people that are going to be making decisions about your life. They're going to be making decisions about when something you do should be reprimanded, if you should be suspended, if you should be fired. They're the ones that are going to be deciding whether to back you or not if you get into use of force incident. And if they're going to speak to you in that way during the interview process to try to hype you out, how are they going to, how are they going to treat you in real life? Don't put up with it. And tell them that. If this is how the, they're going to speak to me during the interview process, and this is the person you put down to interview me, how can I trust this agency to back me if something happens. If they're already playing games during the interview and they go, we're not playing, I'm not playing games. You're like, listen, there's two people in the elevator and one of them farts. How many people know who did it? And that's the thought I'll leave you guys with today. Thanks a lot for joining me for the live stream. We had over 100 people at certain points in the live stream, which is always awesome. If you haven't already, check out Civilian Defender. There's going to be a link down in the description, civiliandefender.com. 
he's a fan of the channel, and he's a dentist that does tactical stuff, and he writes articles about it, he's got a lot of really interesting stuff on his website. One in particular where a guy got, came into his office, and he was, had been shot in the head, and he came in because, like, he had problems swallowing, and he got a 45 in the mouth. It was very interesting stuff, very interesting stuff on there. Thank you to Mike Wilkerson, who's always on here with Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. He's helped me a bunch in the past. I actually went down there when I was in St. Louis for vacation about a year ago and saw his podcast studio, and he does a lot of cool stuff. He does uh, perspective reviews of movies, and one of the things he does is cop movies, and he has uh, command staff from down in St. Louis and the surrounding area come in and talk to him about things that are realistic in cop movies and things that are unrealistic in cop movies. So it's very interesting stuff as well. And I'm sure I'm missing other people that I'm supposed to shout out, but... That's for today. Those are the people that I remember right now. I also want to thank all the new Patreon supporters who have come on recently. It's really helped out. I was hoping to have the laptop computer with me, but the mood struck me to do this live stream and I didn't bring it with. But I just got a laptop that's going to be up, that's upgradable up to 32 megabytes of RAM, which is going to make it a lot easier for me to make videos when my wife is sleeping in the room that our desktop is in. And hopefully I'm going to be able to set that up to use in live streams so we're going to have better quality in the live streams in the future. So go check all that out. I'm going to put links down in the description for all of it. And until Thursday, when a new video comes out, you guys be safe. Take care of each other. We've got lots of ideas for podcasts, but we always need more. And we love hearing what the audience would love to hear about. Head on over to freefieldtrainingpodcast.com and tell me what questions you have, and we'll make another episode about it. Click on contact, fill out the quick web form, and let's make some more free field training. I'd like to thank all the Patreon supporters and especially the shift supervisor level Patreon supporters that we have listed here. Your contributions are what allows free field training to continue on and become better. Thank you.